don't. Don't open that box. What have you done? You shouldn't have opened it. You shouldn't have opened it. Open it. Open Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents The Mystery Box. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I am the other host, Bartek. Bartek. Our first mystery box in the new decade. That's true. Feeling scared? No. Feeling happy? Yes. Why are you happy? Because it's the first episode of the new decade. For this show, yeah. Yes. It's a, it's an exciting time. Mm-hmm. So we're spinning Polish, likely because we're always spinning, and we both happen to be Polish. Barta, could you demonstrate how we're Polish? Jeszcze Polska nie zginęła, kiedy my żyjemy. Yeah, exactly right. That's Jestem exactly right. No, okay, that's enough. We're copyrighted. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was I was improvising by the end. Cool, cool. And uh, we are doing our monthly show, The Mystery Box. If you haven't listened to the show before, basic premise, we watch a movie that is in a box that is filled with DVDs of... Things that we have found secondhand from op shops, the gutter, sent in as anthrax in an envelope, uh, that kind of thing. I thought you said Satan. <laughs> Satan. And uh, we get, sometimes, usually we get a guest to come in, pick one of the movies at random, we watch the movie together, and then we come back here and record about what that movie was and our general thoughts on it. Pretty good breakdown? That's right. No, I'm Ryan. So, Bartek... Did we do this episode alone? No, I'm right. Oh, okay. And we did not do it alone. We did it together. And with a guest. Oh, cool. Do, who's the guest? Also, actually, hold on. No, we haven't done the episode yet. We're doing oh, cool. it together yeah. and with a guest. And that guest... Well, by the is... time they listen to this, the episode's done. Fuck. Oh, sorry. That's bad swearing. This isn't, uh, this is, this isn't a live... Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Our guest... <laughs> Our guest is returning from previous episodes, Reese McKenzie. Hello, everyone. Hello, oh. Reese. How are you? Sorry, sorry. No, that was just from my laughing. Sorry. <laughs> I took a sip of water and Reese introduced himself like a prepubescent girl. I didn't, and I I didn't like intend it. I, know, I like how he's like, I didn't intend it. Well, of course you didn't. That's just how you naturally sound. No. <laughs> now, right from word one, Reese. Now he's putting on a deep manly voice. No. Oh, God, I can't oh, wait. Football. Football, football, football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baseball. Akadaka. Mm-hmm. Australian male, Aussie day, yeah. So, yes, Reese, yes, you came in, yes. You chose a movie. I did choose a movie. Did and you? Did you have any expectations? Look, from the last time I chose a mystery box, it was pretty much not the greatest film to watch on the mystery box. Can you remember what film it was? Alien Intruder. That's correct. I'll never forget. And so I thought maybe. I tried. Because I chose it a certain way, I just chose a random one this time, and mm. which we chose this film today. And that film being? Bored Silly. Bored Silly? And boy, was it. Yes, we've played the, tra- <laughs> we played the tra- well, part of the trailer of this film uh, previously. Yeah, let's talk about our history just to fill it in. When we were watching, I want to say Stardust, yes. we got trailers for Betaville, a movie that we have covered, 
and now this board silly, which we also covered, and we said at the time, and then we also said in Betaville when we were doing this part, that board silly looked like the dullest one, and that we really hope yeah. we never had to watch it. But I got a triple movie pack in which board silly and Betaville were on it. We already owned a copy of Stardust, so we had already watched Stardust. Yeah. So then you know we watched Betaville, and then all these months later, board silly's just been like that one, one of the few movies left now that we know that's in the box that we are like really like ooh that's gonna be something we'll watch like the others are kind of like a bit more vague and a bit more like or ones that are more new but this is one of the oldest ones that we kind of have a strong recollection of at this point and going ooh that's something that we'll encounter sometimes Bartek will be like slap his hands together can't wait for Bored Silly and and he knows that I react like because it looks fucking boring it did look boring yeah and uh, and t- we got it, new decade, and I predicted it last night with my wife. I was like, we're going to get bored silly. And I was like, might as well get it out of the way. And then when we got it today, and I was just groaning in agony. And Bart's like that attitude, too, of, well, it's better to get it out of the way now. There's no regret in watching. I'm like, oh, sometimes it is just more painful to watch them. <laughs> and this may or may not have been that experience. Bye. Bye. And have some fun. Like I said, this is a triple pack. The poster is more descriptively found on the back, but it is so tiny that it is pretty much irrelevant to talk about. But to give you an idea of the poster, it's a bunch of images smashed together from the movie to make it look like a poster, where it's like there are three main kids up against a gate, a fence, shaking it like they're a prisoner of war camp movie. And then there's a guy above them who looks like a G.I. Joe type of dude. But then we find out in the movie he is not um, Michael Douglas's character from Falling Down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a blue sky. And then the phrase bored silly with uh, a B on the R. So a bunch of like references to things that will be in the film. And something written, but it's too small to read. Mm. But There's a frog there too, wasn't And there's it? a frog with Wait. a toy in its mouth. How small is the text? You give it a go, Super Eyes. No, no, too small. <laughs> too small. Trust Ryan. And this movie it was rated a G, and G, G, G. It was a G movie. It should have been rated B. Uh, I was not that was a good one, thrilled <laughs> having to watch this, but sometimes movies, you know, they just kind of sideline you, and they go, hey, you weren't thrilled to see me, but now I'm here, and you're watching me. Maybe the opinion has changed. But I was like, when you saw that Reese picked Bored Silly, well, first, you heard him pick a DVD because the DVD was rattling around inside. Yeah, it was loose. I had a feeling it would be Bored Silly because of that, because I remember that was a thing with this DVD. Okay. But uh, when you saw it was Bored Silly, how did you feel? It was very content, like, ah, finally. Because it's been like a year and a half almost since we've seen Betaville from this pack. Has it really been a year and a half? It was like... November or October of 2018. Wow. It's been so long since those kids killed themselves for that tank. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Reese, that's the thing that happened in that movie. I missed out. Uh, To get into the nitty gritty of this film. How did you feel when it was picked, though? I said that I was frustrated (laughs) and and I didn't want to watch it. You weren't too happy about this film. I wasn't really happy. And then I had to explain to Bartek why why we had watched Stardust already when it wasn't on this triple pack. And he was like, yeah. what? 
Uh, and that made me even sadder because I'm like, now we're, and now I'm frustrated as well as having to watch it as well. But Reese, yes, you have the monumental joy of um, giving us a quick overview of what the pl- what happened. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say plot. Um. I was gonna say plot. Reese, good luck. Was I talking to you, butt cork? Oh, okay. Um, bear with me here. Um. There isn't a bear in here, it's just us. No, okay, so... It's Bartek is pretty hairy, though. We are introduced at the beginning of the film to three boys who are just at the beginning of their summer break from school, okay? Yeah. And three days in, they're pretty bored, so they decide to build a fort. And... Was it a quick decision? No. This... That process alone took probably a third of the film to get going. <laughs> was anything quick in this film? I guess. No. Was anything like, boring notice, in the film? You'll notice in this film, it's kind of like the director said, I want long shots of just playing open fields and just watching the boys cross this field with like kitty music in the background every time they're walking to places, basically. The score yeah. was pretty intrusive in yeah. a lot of spots. Very whimsical. I think editing Ryan's just going to play some whimsical music similar to this underneath this whole entire episode just to give you the feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and through... And then, the... then 50s rock and roll music. Oh, yeah, when, <laughs> when it gets really heated. Every time they're running away from stuff, it's 50s rock and roll music. And then when they're just walking, it's just like playful, joyful. Hold on, Reese. They weren't running in the pool scene. Before no. you get to <laughs> I that, know, I know, I no. know. <laughs> Reese, so you're saying the plot of this movie is kids want to build a fort y- during their summer break. Is this an episode of Phineas and Ferb? No. Okay. Like this is Phineas like they tried to build a fort, but through like the misadventures, they have to. Oh, wait, I have to think about this. This is thinking's this, hard this for is, you because like the plot of the film takes ages to kick in, basically. <laughs> but it's so simple. Why are you having I can't explain it. Well, uh, the general synopsis is these kids want to find something to do on this one yeah. particular day of their summer break. So they build a fort. And building a fort is like the main thing they do throughout it, but they keep doing like random activities well, that like... They have obstacles that yeah. come up yeah. along the way and then they have to pursue those. It's like when you're playing a video game and you have the main objectives, but you need to build up your XP. So you need to do all these side objectives. Yes. So that way you could take down the King Cooper. Speaking of video games, there was a very frustrating scene in terms of what they did to their Game Boy. A Game Boy Color. A Game Boy Color. And they buried it. In and the it was dirt? In the dirt. They, they, they didn't even need to throw dirt on it. They were going to cover it up with a plank of wood, basically. Like... Throwing dirt was, like, pointless at this point. It was just like, why? Bartek, I think you bought up, bought up like, um, speakers, basically. Like, that'll... Oh, just, just like a simple thing of, like, oh, there's an exposure in this thing. You know, the speaker holds. Uh, dirt will get in that and fuck it up. And then Ryan brought up, also, these. this system uses cartridges, which are notoriously, you know, dust to get inside them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, Game Boys did have a pretty solid... Like, like solid life to like my Game Boy still working. They're like thick with dust mm. in there, so like you know, they could subs- they could sustain the dirt injury. When we see it later in the film, it's very clear. It was like an episode of it was like a game of Pokemon where it's like our kids use dirt attack on the Game Boy, and it went ah. You chump right, it's sand attack. No, but they had dirt. <laughs> but like the main, like second half of the film, they're trying to get a door for their fort. And they're, they're sort of having misadventures with this sort of junkyard homeless... Well, he's not homeless. We thought we, he was homeless. 
but no, he wasn't. He has a home. He has a home in the junkyard. He has a property. He has a property. It's not even the junkyard. His home is a junkyard. It's not an actual it's junkyard. Like a, yeah, it's a, just his place is filled with junk. He's a hoarder. It's almost like he owns a farm, but like it's not a farm. It's just got a bunch of it's scraps. And we, I was just thinking, like, this character has to kick into the plot anytime soon, but he doesn't. He just comes in at the last possible moment yeah, we, of the it's, film. It's that kind of thing where we see this character throughout the entire film, and there's always, like, you know, a menacing tone when he's there. The kids have this, like, oh, I hear he, he butchered six kids. Um, and he, he doesn't say a single word for the longest time. And, and we... I don't think we ever properly get a close-up shot of him till like they actually go to his place. Yeah, but sometimes we do get like s- brief close-up shots. Like there was one that like you saw his face, but then it was like panning down to something else. So it's yeah, like, it was very um, odd. Yeah, and and it brought up this like suggestion of okay, maybe it's going to be a twist of like oh he's actually a nice guy all along. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like the twist of they misunderstood the local legend, but. No, he was evil. Yeah, he legitimately just was a bad guy. Which is boring. They called him yeah. Ghetto Horse. Ghetto Horse. Yeah, we horse. heard it, I, Ghetto. I, oh, right, that's I, right, I the credits. They, I thought yeah. they said Ghetto Whore. Like, yeah, I thought that too. I thought they. I didn't even hear that part. I just thought they said, "Hey, look, it's ghetto," because he's <laughs> poor. Is that what they're trying to indicate? But no, it's get a horse, which I don't even know why he's called that. Yeah. Maybe, no, I saw True. his name in the credits. I'm like, who's Get a Horse? And I'm like, oh wait a minute, Get a Horse. Oh, okay, right, I get it now. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a joke of like, oh, he's always riding his bike really kind of slowly. Why don't you just get a horse? I don't know. So yeah, this movie is one of those American type movies where it's like we're on a summer break and what are we gonna do? We're just a bunch of rap scallions who are just like a bunch of Dennis the Menaces all rolled into one into a group of three. Yeah. We're we're little rascals. We're just gonna try and figure out what we're gonna do with our day. And oh no, there's bullies. And oh no, we don't have money for ice cream. And oh no, there's a frog. I distinctly remember like, that's the kind of movie this is. Yeah, I distinctly remember the trailer all the way back when we did the Stardust episode. It was talking about like there are no adults. The kids rule. There were. Thing. Adults, there were adults, but and they, they did nothing. They well, they terrorized them. They still did nothing. Cases, yeah, they didn't even teenagers terrorized the kids. Like the the bully throughout the second half of the movie kept terrorizing. <laughs> did you notice how Reese keeps bringing up the second half of the movie stuff? Somewhat happens. That's the problem. This movie yeah. is all setups, and then the payoffs are literally blink and you'll miss it type of payoffs, and they're boring. <laughs> They're yeah. boring. It's boring to the point where at the end of the movie we it were sets bored, up. Silly. Yeah. Well, good one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. But at the end of the movie, it sets itself up for a sequel. You think so that was bad. a setup for a sequel? Yeah. I thought it was just like a gotcha. Like, I, I yeah. I... Reese, what would the sequel do? <laughs> bored, sillier, like. Bored again. Bored again. That's boring, though. No, no. I no, love they... it if it was born <laughs> no. again and they became Christians <laughs> in the next episode of the miniseries that is this movie. So, before we even get to the ending, this movie has three central characters, yes. all young boys who are all white and vary on the shade of colors of hair from. Um, dirty red brown hair to brown hair to dirty blonde hair. And they all are missing teeth. Uh, and They're all eight, we learn. And they're yeah, all they're eight, eight that we learn. Bartek, when we first get introduced to our three characters, they all have very distinctive 
personality traits. What were those, and did they come to fruition in the entire film? Yeah, so the scene, the bits, the the film opens with a scene of you know the last ten. Let's be that's being generous, like last five minutes of school before summer break begins, um, and we see like the teacher, you know, calming down this rowdy class. And there are three most prominent characters in this scene are our three main characters. I think their names were Chuck, Charlie, and Bobby. I'll take your word. Yeah, I think those are the names, but I can't... I thought one I can't... of them was Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Oh, there Johnny. was a Johnny. Johnny. I know there was a Chuck. I know there was a Johnny. I don't know the blonde kid's name. Johnny. I, either way, even if I knew the names, I couldn't tell you which was which. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, so the three prominent kids. The first one eats these uh, moldy cookies that have been in someone's... So it's establishing that he's kind of the schlubby one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's gross and eats gross yeah, things. Like, like, that's the, what they're establishing. He's like the Phil and Lil of the group, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's another one who... He was chewing gum and wearing a hat in class. So that's establishing that this kid is like, sun-safe. Yeah, sun-safe <laughs> and rebellious. Um, and there was another one who... The teacher, in all her exasperation, has to keep reminding him to tie his shoes. And how do we know that we are supposed to focus on this kid in his establishing shot in which it focuses on the window and not the kid? <laughs> it was amazing. And, oh, and one of them has a lucky star. Which one? Oh, yeah, the, the Ranger kid. Yeah, um, but which one's that? The of first, the three that I just described? The first one. It was the gross one, right? Gross, yeah. gross one, yeah. So, about like, I asked you... Did those things come to fruition? Did those things consistently pay off in the movie, those personality clicks and traits? Only in the minorest of ways. Like, I, I, I would w- say that the kid who with chewed the gum and had the cap, like, pretty much no. I would also <laughs> say the kid who ate gross things pretty much no, because he never really does that he, again. He teased the worms thing. But, but that's other not than enough. That, yeah. Like, I was expecting... I was expecting him to constantly be doing gross things. You thought he was going to be like the id of the group. The whole sure, way. sure. <laughs> if we're going to compare them to the mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which one's the super ego? The old lady with the mower. So, like, I was expecting more strong payoff. The only one that really does is kid who doesn't know how to tie his shoelaces. And the payoff to that, spoiler alert, is he learns how to tie his shoelaces, but then that fucks him over in the end. And then for the rest well, of the it, movie, on, he, he not... unlearns that he shouldn't... He unlearns tying his shoelaces, because in the end, it's... it was better for him not to tie his shoelaces. It, it wasn't that he was learning to tie his shoelaces. It was learning that he had to. Yeah, or like but... Have the, or but why? Be responsible, because the, the, the line that he, like... And I know this wasn't throughout this the whole film. This will get you into trouble This will get you into trouble But someday. it didn't. In fact, tying them got him into trouble. That was, so yeah, that's was really what bizarre. I mean. It's a stupid payoff. So in the context of the movie, this kid gets trapped in a fence at the junkyard trailer guy's yeah, house. That, that has a gap and, that you can crawl under. And, and he beforehand didn't want to go under because he was too afraid. And then the motivation to go save his friends was these shoelaces will get you in trouble one day so you're like oh i guess he'll have to tie them up tie my shoes save my friends save my friends but in the end he ties his shoes and he saves his friends but in doing so he gets trapped himself because of him tying his shoelaces and then at the end after that he undoes them and he never ties them up again so he unlearns the lesson that he was supposed to be learning because so that's what i mean like the payoff for that isn't even consistent. Well, it's because fuck you, adults. Kids rule. I mean, dickwad adults. Kids rule. Bobby, one of these days, those untied shoes are going to get you into trouble. One of these days, those untied shoes are going to get you into trouble.
I choose are going to get you into trouble. Out of the three kids, yes. Which one do you, do you think was most like you when you were that age? Oh, uh, definitely it's Shoelace's kid. You were Shoelace's because, kid because he had long blonde hair. No, well, I did have long blonde hair that turned into gold and what you see now, basically. But like, I think it was just establishing he was like the clueless one of the bunch. Or the daydreamer. You think that one was the clueless one? I thought the one that was like uh, the well, he... one that the the chubbier one, the, the brunette one. Oh, Johnny. I thought Johnny was the clueless one. Oh, so now you one. know which one's which. <laughs> well, I don't know the blonde kid's name, but I know uh, the ranger is Chuck, and I know the, the dirty blonde. I mean, the let's dirty... just call them hair colors. I mean, the ranger and Rugrats so, are also Chuck. Ranger, <laughs> ranger, brun- brunette, and blondie. So Blondie I didn't relates think Blondie to me the was most. the clueless one. I thought well, Brunette one was the dumb one. Like the I thought the Blondie one, one was like the sensitive one. Yeah, he was the more sensitive one. Like well, he was I, the one that was always insecure. He was insecure. He was more like, guys, I don't think we should be riding this mower. I'm scared. And then the dumb one would be like, it's fine. Oh, no, a bee on my head. <laughs> that was a So that's why I thought bee. you would relate to him being yeah. the clueless one. If you're going to say, I relate to the dumb clueless one. Okay, be okay. The guy? I, I still relate to uh, the blonde one. Because, Is it because you're sensitive? Yes. Oh, hence you're in a heavy metal band. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a... Yep. Yep. Got him! <laughs> I related to... From, from what I was like as a kid, I think I would probably have been... It's... Would you have thrown a rock at people? Oh, oh ooh, yeah. <laughs> I know which one. I know which one. I would have I would have been the bully. <laughs> I would have been the teenage bully. No, I would have been the blonde one too. Like I, I think he was the more sensible one out of the three, and I was usually the more sensible one in my group of people, surprisingly, as shocks many people. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't the gross one, and I wasn't... What was the other one's personality trait? Dumb, yeah. I wasn't that. What about you, Bartek? Out of the three, which one do you think you would have been in that triad when you were eight years old? Honestly, this looks a boring answer, but I was also a pretty sensitive <laughs> kid. So, so we're three blondes in this room right now. <laughs> oh, God. We're three dirty blondes. Now, which one of the bully characters would you have been when you were eight years old? There was one bully character, though. There's three antagonists. So There's the old cranky junkyard, junkyard guy. There's the sister... <laughs> And her friends, and then there's the teenage bully. Um, oh, and four ladies, old ladies who wear their pants too high. They were pretty scary. I did wear pants as a kid, and they were high. So you were you relate to the old ladies? Uh, maybe. I, guess. I was a teenage boy. You were a teenage boy as a kid. Yep. I would have been the old I, man. I was an old lady as a kid. You so. would have been the old man. I would have been the old man. I would have been like, get up, my property. <laughs> This movie doesn't have a plot, like we just said it, but like it doesn't have any through lines. So all these setups all paid off so poorly and or not at all that it doesn't matter but here's the thing even if they are 
the road to those payoffs is just scenes. We've said this many times on the show before. This is scenes the movie. Oh, Here's yeah. a scene of them going to the pool. Here's a scene of them trying to earn money so they mow the lawn. And then here's a scene of the lawnmower going crazy. And then here's a scene of some bees. And then here's a scene of an old lady waving at him. And here's a scene of a guy riding a bicycle up the road for 40 minutes. And half of those scenes have some hijinks in them. Some hijinks. Half of them have some. <laughs> some. Some. Not, so not like every... a quarter of the film has hijinks. Bartek, 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 you're coming across as a brunette one right now because neither... <laughs> oh, neither, you don't remember the B scene? Neither Reese or I are in agreement with that. We're stony silent about there was some hijinks. Yeah, I mean, what? there was hijinks in the fact that the music made it sound like there was. Well, the B scene, though, was... The bee scene! It was stupid. I'm not saying that it wasn't. That was a really big bee, though. The bee scene doesn't even make any sense. It's well, no, the bee... The, his hand was... The bee lands on his hand. No, he's not what? talking about that bee scene. What, what other bee he's scene? He's talking about the original originating point of the bee scene. Oh, the, the, the hose. The hose. In which okay. a little boy thinks shooting a beehive with a hose from a really far away distance. This... And then he gets, like... Drowned in bees. There's some bad continuity there because he had the hose. Because the hose that is like really light, yeah, like with the water flow, yeah. And then they have him drop the hose. It's like pissing out such little amount of water. Then like an hour later in the movies time, the whole fucking yard is flooded. Like 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 it's a it's like swamp. Muddy, yeah, <laughs> it's like literal swamp land. And you're like, what? They find worms. And then one of them wants to eat worms because yeah. yummy yummy. You know, I'm being hyperbolic. Of course, there is hijinks. It's just. It's when you say hijinks, you're expecting some level of energy behind that hijinks. Like you're thinking of some crazy zany stuff going on, but nothing. No, it's very objective. Like there were things that happened. The f- camera was on. There were lights. Oh, I remember. Like, from, yeah. <laughs> they had eighty-yard lines a lot of the time. Children from, were in it. From scene like, one, Ryan was talking about the sound quality. Because it was peaking. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the problems with the camera was that if there was a moving shot, you saw the camera shaking. Mm-hmm. Like, part of the external equipment on the, car- on the camera, you could see it shaking. Ah, oh, man, like, it's, hard to be a do- it's hard to be a cameraman, you know? It's hard yeah. to operate them. It's like, do the especially, shot again! <laughs> especially when you're in, you know, suburban places. You know, it's bumpy. <laughs> It's really bumpy out there. Imagine in the country, it's really easy. You just have to kind of just, you there know. W- there was one shot where it looked like the camera was over water. Oh, the oh, ocean? Yeah, yeah the ocean. <laughs> oh, don't start the ocean again. Okay, okay, we got to talk about this. There's a scene in which they go fishing in what is clearly a dam or like a, a someone's like Some, pond. Like, yeah, pond or river or something. Not a river. Not a river. It was yeah. still water, oh, so it's yeah, more like right. a dam. Someone's dam in their backyard or something. And, and and they throw a fishing line and then they catch a window. And Bartek and I were making jokes about how stupid this was. And like one the kid that grabbed the window out, it, his hand got bitten by something. It made like the sound effect the sound design of the movie made a chomp noise. Yep. He reacted and then it was like, no, he was actually playing around and he didn't get yeah, bitten. But then I said, But what made the chomp noise? Yeah. Did he make the chomp noise? No, he and, didn't make the chomp noise. And Reese's <laughs> counter to this of them it, Fishing in a dam was, well, it doesn't matter because they wouldn't have been able to catch that because it was on top of the ocean. <laughs> and we both, I just lost it. I lost my mind because Reese thinks that a, a swampy brown ass 
fucking sewage covered dam in the, <laughs> in the middle of suburbia is the ocean i didn't think that i it just rolled off my tongue okay he just saw a body of water and he said a body of water word yeah 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 it was like yeah when he fills up his bathtub ocean and <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom dad i've got a bathtub of ocean no, man. No. and he was a giant kraken when he gets in <laughs> <laughs> Reese delivered another Reeseism. No, that this was by right accident. Um, this is right up there. <laughs> but seriously, how could they have caught that window with, you know... That, with Maybe the window <laughs> was floating, like, just a. Like, it would have been heavy in was, that... Wasn't, wasn't there a thing of, like, they were lying down, like, making fun of one of the kids because he threw his rod in the, yeah, in the ocean, quote-unquote. And Reese said, I've done that once. And I said, oh, yeah. Wait, what did, did I say I do? You said you threw your rod. Yes, yes. And then I, I asked d- you, oh, yeah, how old were you? And then he just, and then you went silent and went, were you too old to be doing that? And you just shook your head and said, I'll talk about it another time. <laughs> but what I was saying was um, when they were just laughing there, and oh, by the way, the laughter was amazing. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> I think Johnny's pole moved. What? Um, yeah, when they were doing the fake laughter thing, or sorry, real laughter thing, um, they saw that the fishing rod that apparently caught the window was like shaking, and then the kid decided like a fish was biting it. Yeah, and the kid decided instead of grabbing the rod, I'll grab the thing with my hand. So. Well, no, 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 no. They 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 drew it in, but it got caught underneath. Oh, right. So he had to step in and grab it out, which right. you, you sometimes have to do. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Now, Reese, yes. tell us about how old you were and why you threw your fishing rod into the ocean. <laughs> to catch well, a fish, dummy. Do you remember how he did it, essentially? Like He, he thought he, he was fly fishing and he let go of it. So that's exactly how I did it. How old were you, Reese? Um... So two things happened that day with the fishing rod, okay? The first thing was that I I threw it like he did in the film. I thought it was fly fishing. You you, you back mm-hmm. forward, I lost the rod, okay? Mm-hmm. The second time I was instructed on how to do it properly. So I thought, okay, throw it out again. Mm-hmm. This time the the string attached to the fishing rod wasn't attached properly and I lost the string basically. That's all right. Fishing line, yeah. Yeah, fishing line. This string. And well, that was the end of my fishing career, essentially. That was the last time I ever fished. How old were you, Reese? Stop skipping that question. <laughs> I would have been 14. 14! And did you catch a lunker or a monster? I caught some mud. So what happened next in the. <laughs> 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 oh, there's, there, we get set up. I like... know mud was in the ocean. The, the no, kids. no, mud isn't like a... Oh, no, no, it isn't. <laughs> oh, sorry. The ocean as in the, the film's ocean type of ocean. No, real ocean. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> much like I mentioned with the star, we learned that the kids... Oh, yeah, yeah, the kids' blue star. Let's get on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah go on. The, some of the kids have items. Like, one of them has a star, one of them has $5. Like I said, like a video game. Like a video game. and you. This is his amulet. <laughs> His amulet of power gives him plus five percent strength. No luck. Luck. Oh, of course. Oh, that actually. That's literally. (laughs) It's his lucky lucky star. (laughs) It's his lucky star. Hello, my lucky star. Yeah, he made. He made. You know what? I love the vanity there. The vanity of I physically made in art class a shitty little star. I painted it blue, and it is imbued with luck. Usually, when kids 
have objects like this and they say it's my lucky hat or it's my lucky shoes they're not usually things that they made themselves like it's just, I don't know it's this weird vanity there of like this star that I made in art class it's lucky because I made it I don't know it's very odd I don't know I think you can be sentimental like the luck comes from sentimentality and he made it you can be sentimental about it I don't know I just found it very (laughs) well that kid's arrogant that's why I'm also not giving him a pass on that like specifically that kid that one out of the three is the most pompous one the sensitive one yeah he is arrogant he's sensitive and arrogant but pompous as well like there's so many times he gives zingers I just think you're jealous of his star Ryan (laughs) No, I think he's one of the best written characters in the movie. <laughs> now Keyword in the movie. Now, who's the brunette one? <laughs> Wait, what? Ryan disagrees. He thinks oh, he disagrees. Okay. He thinks there's a different best written character in the film. <laughs> the teacher, dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, don't call me a dumbass. I was just explaining your point. Wow, that was really mean of you, Ryan. Fuck. And you think Butt cork? <laughs> and you think you're the sensitive one? I said I was the bully. <laughs> no, but... You were saying the kid has a star. It's very important. Mm-hmm. It's very essential to the movie. Does he have it the whole movie? If by whole movie you mean early on and late in, he is would. it because he just drops it on the, in the backyard? Yes. Yeah, but both the star and the five dollars just get dropped. But we at least see when the star gets dropped. Yeah, that one gets its own shot, and we later see it again, having been taken by someone else. The junkyard guy. Yes, the ghetto horse. Get a get a hoe. Ghetto ho. Yeah. Here's the thing. Can we just talk about the star's journey? The star gets taken yeah. from their backyard. Backyard being, you know, their property. The whole thing about ghetto horse is he'll leave you alone if you leave him alone. Like, that's the rule. Don't like, trespass. If yeah. you trespass on his property, he'll shoot you or some crap. There's a whole thing about the property thing. But he makes a whole thing about don't get on my property. But him having the star indicates that he went on their property yeah. to take their possessions. So he doesn't even have, as Obi-Wan would call it, the high ground. <laughs> Literally or figuratively. And that is another thing. Like, the payoff there. It's still, like, it's setting up. Like, okay, this guy doesn't like you trespassing on property. But then he doesn't even follow through that on himself. And there's no payoff to that. There's no, like, gotcha, you got that from my backyard, or, like, you're a hypocrite, or do-do-do. And they're saying, and this whole sequence also takes place in which most of the time the kids aren't even on his property, and he's like, get off my property. They're not on it. Yeah, there's a whole... It's it's a really odd thing of um, you never see him take the star, you just see him have the star as he's riding away and you have to do, deduce to yourself like well, okay, last time I well, saw it it, it was, was in the backyard it was on someone else's property so he must have gone on someone else's property so it's yeah it's and very you, odd you have to deduce again at the last minute of the film because you see it in his in his junkyard, like in a dr- like on a table right well we saw it earlier when he had when he was riding around on the bicycle it was hanging it was in his like uh, yeah, but when they were w- when they when they were on his property and looking for doors, you saw it on like top of a pile of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was like it was distinctive because it was bright blue and the rest is like brown and grey. Yeah. And then like they they don't see it, like the kids don't no, see it. No, but then, right but then the end of the movie. The end of the movie, the brunette has it in his pocket, and you have to deduce that he just. Grabbed Got it. it. Grabbed, grabbed it. it at some point. Because I reckon the This is a gang that couldn't find the door that they were looking for, and it was like the first door in the room. Yeah. Oh, there's the door. 
Yeah, they walk past both these things, but we see them see the door. When they get to this junkyard place and they're trying to look for a door so that they can add it to their fort, and this junkyard guy has taken the door that they were eyeing off, they go to his place, time pressure is happening, they know he's going to be back, da-da-da. They are looking at, like, 15 doors, and they're going, none of these are our door! Yeah, Why does it fucking matter if it's not your door? Just take one of the doors and take it so you don't have to get caught. You know the reason why? Because we need the movie to be longer. Yeah, they seem to... Oh, yeah, that went forever. <laughs> just them searching for the freaking door. It's like, I guess your the... point was better, like, for them just, just to get a door and get out. Yeah, I guess And the... then they're called Get a Door from Get a Horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the writer was like, no, these kids specific... <laughs> writer. Fuck you, Ryder. Fuck you, when we were watching the film, you said someone wrote this. <laughs> yeah, but, like, that's the joke. Someone apparently wrote this, but there's no fucking Ryder. They're like, yeah, credited, but this is just, like, you said it yourself. A bunch of these kids are the director and producer's kids, Probably, and yeah. they just shot a film with them in it and strung things together and made a loose yeah. narrative. There was no fucking written script for this. The script was probably just, this would be the next set piece. But these kids didn't actually have written dialogue that was coming from a script. You could tell that they were just winging it a lot of time. And a lot of time they couldn't even get the take right. And they kept it in anyway. I interpreted it more as like they fucked up reading the lines. And oh, like them. <laughs> probably. But I don't genuinely believe that there was a 100% solid script that was written and it got to screen. I believe that they just had vague notions and some stuff written down like you do when you were filming stuff at high school with your friends and you just go oh this will be the scene in which this will be the scene in which the junkyard guy comes back and how do we determine this we have kid you say something and the kid says like the wrong thing no no the junkyard guy's leaving and the kid says... Oh, here some- he comes. Here he comes. Instead of there he goes. There he or, goes. Yeah. That's the kind of thing. Like, if there was a script, they would have known not to do that. But I give the leniency of the people who are so incompetent that they didn't have a script, a proper script, like a full written, everything scripted script, in comparison to they were so incompetent that the script that they had was that fucking poorly written. In fact, I believe, if anything... The director doesn't exist, the director writer. I believe it's the three kids standing on each other's shoulders with a giant trench coat at a typewriter pretending it to be an adult. So That's the, who I imagine. The director, Gary so Shalcross, doesn't exist. <laughs> he doesn't exist. So you've gone around to saying that there was a writer. No, it was three kids <laughs> but in they were a suit. And they wrote. And they wrote some <laughs> things but then got bored silly and improvised. But go on, to your point, well, there was a writer. Whether or not there was a writer... I'll I'll speak on it from logic sense. Like the logic of the kids was that's our door, so we have to find the door, and then they had, they had to be like you know stubborn to find their door. Yeah, this movie is mo- the most boring movie we've watched on, <laughs> on the podcast. I'm saying it yeah. right now. It gets an F. I do not recommend it. <laughs> Staying that right now. Saying that right now. And this. yet, for the millionth time, I had a great time just watching you watch the film. <laughs> yeah, but, that's not, but that doesn't count as the film you're, being enjoyable. You're elevating the films for me, Ryan. Yeah, I yeah. I love the mystery box. <laughs> well, see, someone has to have reactions, because Reese is sitting there oh, looking at the laughs. floor, and you're laughing at things that I wasn't just... looking at the floor. You were. I was not. Oh, you were. I looked at Reese there so many times where he was so bored <laughs> that his eyes were just kind of... 
glancing over at things in my lounge room and kind of looking at his bottle of, uh, what was it, milk or whatever you had. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then he would look at the floor. And then sometimes he would look at Bartek while Bartek got up to stand up. And that would be where I saw your attention at. My attention was just like, oh my fucking god, do this technical thing right. And Bartek, I'd get annoyed because he would be laughing and try to give a pass sometimes to just mildly not even funny just things like a kid would uh would would jump across some water and Bartek would laugh and go oh that was cute I'm like and I'd be like what? fuck you there was so many times in this movie when we were watching it you're like oh come on it's a kid's movie that was cute and I was like well, when I said it's a kid's <laughs> movie those were jokes but there were some things I laughed at just because like oh shitty acting yeah but, um, and you and you were the one that laughed like got you know, excitable I, when the bully got squirted with the Gatorade. No, I was screaming. I was oh, like, that doesn't fucking work. That, no, that was an example of a payoff that we thought was coming, but it was delivered in a way that, like, it didn't have the meaning that it should have. Most of my laughter was screaming with, like, oh, fucking what? Like, that kind of laughter was what I mainly had. You sure. found things funny. Reese never laughed. No, I found things frustrating. He never laughed. I didn't laugh. Again, you're the brunette in the room. No, you found things <laughs> funny. You did. I find it interesting with you. So many times we watch properly funny things mm. on our other show and in life and on this and you don't laugh. But then with a movie like this where it's so dull and so boring, you grasp at the straw so strongly with those to get any laughter out of it. And then when I sigh with frustration, you whether you're funny or not, you you berate me for not, for not enjoying it. And I tell you to go fuck yourself. And you're, then, then you get defensive about it. Like, no, it's not right. That was funny. And I just be like, fuck you. To be honest, is this the most boring movie we've watched on the Mystery Box? It was pretty dull at points. Um, points? Not as a whole thing? Well, just... When I say points, it's just because I've gr- grasped laughter from, you know, shitty things. But in terms of most boring, I'd have to think back. Like, again, this is the really weird thing with the mystery box. It feels like every time we find something boring, we think of that as the new boring. And then I always say to myself, you know, one day we're going to have to think back on this and, like, you know, defend it in a way. And we- <laughs> I don't think I will be doing that for this <laughs> But one. we say that every time. We say, like, you know, at least the fourth tenor had this or whatever like that. So, but we, we would say that in the episodes themselves, like even the fourth tenor, you always seem to bring up the fourth tenor as like this big negative experience for you, but you were the one in the episode who was defending it heavily. No, no, but it's always this thing of like, even if I do find, you know, laughter or whatever in things, like a lot of episodes have ended by me saying like, I do not recommend it. And you're like, I'm surprised because you laughed. and Yeah, you so. loved it and you were defending it. Like, this is also one I'm not going to recommend, even though I did find laughs. It's from... And the twist is Reese recommends it. <laughs> <laughs> the twist is Reese is trying to match it up against other mystery boxes I've done. Keeping Up with the Steins was much more entertaining than this. It was a movie. It was a movie. It was a very straightforward type of movie. And Alien Intruder... (sighs) That's still one of the worst ones we've watched. Yeah, um, look, Alien Intruder was boring in spots, I have to admit. But was it as boring as this? No. No, 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 no. (laughs) Alien Intruder was a bit more entertaining than Bored Silly. See, see, I think the difference is, I'm questioning whether this is the most boring, not the worst thing we've watched. See, usually we argue about, or discuss the worst thing we've watched. This is without a doubt, the most boring. Something like Deep Rescue or Meteor Apocalypse or, or one or two others that we've listed as 
boring, usually are boring in the sense of wasted opportunities. Mm -hmm. We thought this was going to happen, or this movie set up this was going to happen. It was going to be interesting and funny. And even though those movies were boring, they had funny things in them. Like Pop Pop Guy in Deep Rescue, a guy who had, you know, yeah. anger issues because his ears didn't go pop. Or Meteor Apocalypse with the fact that it hated Christianity so much, but it was a faith-based movie. That kind of stuff, or the poor acting. But this, there's literally nothing, nothing to grasp onto as something that I could use in audio editing or to discuss. As that was an funny moment that I could look at and go, that was alright, or that was humorous, or that was something. The bad acting is from bad child acting. And to be honest, bad child acting is the most boring of bad acting because you can't blame them. They're literally children who don't know how to act. And these aren't even the worst child actors I've seen. They're just dull. That's... They've probably got a crash course in acting, like just before the making of this movie. Or their crash course was on the film set. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah, I love I love the idea of their crash course in acting was having to act in this movie. <laughs> like that's the point. They don't like I can't blame them. But like I'm not saying that this is the worst movie. Alien Intruder still is probably one of the worst ones or or Rutsuki Doji 2. Yeah, 2. Uh and Rutsuki Doji 1 and, and Well, that one's great. So <laughs> and and War Story and like stuff like that. But but this is without a doubt the most boring. <laughs> I can't relate to you when you say there was points in which you were born. I say the point for me is the beginning through to the end. <laughs> like that's, that's a big point. That's a big point. Reese, what about you? Did you find this one of the most boring films you've seen in your life? I mean, I have seen Tree of Life. People love that movie, dude. It's really... But something happens in Tree of Life, at least. Yes, that's that was my point. There was, there was a plot, at least, in Tree of Life. And I acting. Think. And acting. Because, yeah, there were actors. And but... dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, there was dinosaurs in fucking Tree of Life. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, this was this was hard to get through, to be honest. That's why I was, like, looking at Ryan's DVD collection, his floor, his carpet. Now he admits and it. And <laughs> enjoying my caramel slice, enjoying, like, yeah, your reactions yeah. to this... This piece of art, we'll call it. Um, Maybe we need to edit the show so that I watch it separately from you. <laughs> yeah, you, you watch it in a <laughs> in a bubble. Like I'll watch it in another room while you're watching it with like Rachel and the guests, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we'll have a more you know genuine discussion. <laughs> you see, I sometimes I think I need to stop. I need to restrain myself from reacting to this because I know that this is something that influences you. But you can't you, help I, it. No, no, no. I can, but. My love for film <laughs> dictates that I need to comment that this audio sounds terrible in this section. Or, why is this logical leap happening? Or, why did they do that? And then also, I, I can't not react to when Bartek shows any glimmer of positivity <laughs> to a movie that doesn't deserve any. That's part of the joke, yeah. I mean, they made the film, they fi they finished the film, or like they released the film. That's probably the only positivity they got from it, and the kids got maybe some form of popularity from it. Maybe that's about it. Can you imagine being popular because you did bored silly as a kid? Well, I don't know when it came out. I'm imagining it's not too far from like the Phantom Menace. So, um, yeah, you keep you did keep comparing him to Anakin. I mentioned Jake Lloyd once. You, you... I just literally said, "Where's Jake Lloyd?" Kept comparing. That's that's about <laughs> one compare. time. That's him. But you always compare every child actor to Jake Lloyd. Do I? 
You do. Okay. That's like your default of like anytime a child actor is weak, it's Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Are you an angel? An angel. I heard the deep space pilots talk about them. They're the most beautiful creatures in the universe. They live on the moons of Diego, I think. Boy, th- that's something. This movie came in at a triple pack. Yeah. Yes. The other two movies were zany, crazy nonsense with actors that we knew in them at least. Someone we knew, like, oh, there's there's Gus Fring in the Stardust movie, or or in or in Betaville, there's there's Gomez Adams, you know, as the president, or Judge Reinhold yeah. as the general. There was that kind of zaniness to those movies that was there's children's they're children's movies, but with weird and insane performances from adults and the weird, insane written stuff from the adults. This movie I wish we had William Shatner in it. Oh, I wish we had someone like like someone weird like Willem Dafoe pop up or someone like yeah. really odd to add to the flavor. Any any flavor. This is a flavorless movie. This movie plays it so boring and so, so you know what it felt like? It felt like I was watching a home video. That's what I mean. Like it feels like I'm just watching this guy and his kids just doing stupid shit on their summer break. I'm not watching a film. Like, I'm just watching a bunch of kids dick about and make a fort. And, oh, no, my shoelaces are untied. Like, so fucking what? I think you did say earlier this was a film. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, Yeah, it's really bizarre that this isn't a triple pack with Betaville and Stardust. The two of the most insane movies we've ever covered. Insane films with crazy performances, crazy logics, weird sci-fi, you know, not twists or, like, plot twists, but, like, twists in what they deliver. And that was part of the big hype of, like, okay, I knew this wasn't going to have a sci-fi twist. There was, like, a 1% chance in the back of my mind being, like, I hope, I hope. (laughs) But I was hoping that it would, like, match the energy, match the, like, reaction that we'd have to it. Like, we hated Betaville, but, you know, we do not stop thinking about it. But we hated it because it was so bad, but also so great. Yeah. It was like when one watches The Room for the first ever time. Yeah, and we were saying Stardust is like, oh, did we discover new The Room? Or, yeah, well... Or like, an, ironically, an old one, but yeah. Yeah, like, this... I knew this wasn't going to capture that, because the trailer, yeah. you just knew from the trailer, in which it's like, oh, kid gets stung by bees. Oh, no. <laughs> they don't even do any bee makeup. Like, they don't have him... Yeah. It's just that whole thing of, like, oh, he sprays them with water. It's like, okay, now pretend they're stinging you. But we can clearly see there's no, like, dots flying around. Not to be confused with the dots from Betaville. <laughs> Boy. That was so confusing. He just started dancing in the middle of the scene and dropped the hose. I'm like, what are you doing? No, I, I understood exactly what they were doing. It's just that, like, oh, you're doing it lazily. <laughs> a lot of this film is very lazy because... They made a monumental task for themselves, surprisingly enough, in the filming of this. Now, Bartek, reason I studied film mm-hmm. primarily as well as I, me doing drama, we both understand the, the, the logistical nightmares of filming outdoors. Yeah, I can And imagine. this whole entire film is filmed outdoors. And to cover the logistical nightmares of not only working with kids and animals and, and working outdoors, but... The audio is always one of the hardest things to do when making a film. Correct? Correct. Yeah. Audio <laughs> is very, very difficult. And you only make it more difficult by making your whole entire film outdoors. Mm-hmm. So they go around this problem by obscuring the kids' mouths or f- heads at certain points, shooting them from a really far away distance, or cutting 
very quickly or shooting a static shot of some other object so that they can have the kids record their lines in a studio or in a room or something so the audio doesn't sound like the rise and fall of Baal, a movie that we, a movie, a thing that we covered on the show in which that used all outdoor audio and it was like a nightmare on yeah, the ears. like wind. This faced that problem. Reese, we know about how difficult it is. Do you think that the way that they covered it logistically, do you feel sympathetic towards them? Like, you know what, that was a good way of trying to do it. Or do you think it was uh, lazy? I mean, good on them for wanting to do a film that's majorly like 90% set outside. Yeah. One. But if they were going to do that, they were going to have to consider that there's going to be wind, there's going to be rain, there's going to be shitty weather, there's going to be... be crickets. There's going to be crickets, there's going to be other people, there's going to be cars that you have to wait for. Just natural ambient noise from so nature. So they should have just been patient as opposed to what we saw in Board Silly, which was a lot of ADR work. The, a lot. The only time I really believe that they filmed the audio in the room proper was when they were in their fort when they were in the garage with a lawnmower, but primarily in the school, school in the classroom. And that was where the audio was the fucking worst. And it makes sense it was the fucking worst because the kids were screaming and the teacher was in a loud room echoing noise and it just made the audio peak. Power becomes a thing, so the cameras would have run out of charge easier outside. Yeah. So maybe that explains why they've cut so quickly to other shots. Yeah, or the kids get bored. And, and ironically, yeah. we see very long shots. <laughs> and then ironically, we see those long shots that have like like probably not a lot of audio and it's just oh they're walking from left to right oh right to left hey it's that silo again yeah (laughs) it's that silo again like i feel sympathetic towards them this is a monumental burden to do but at the same time i'd only really have sympathy for them if they were university students like we were making a film in which okay understandable but these are not yeah they've somehow (laughs) conned people's money to be put into this production like Things were in focus. The film looked visually nice. Like, it was competent, I mean, when I say visually nice. Like, there was no glaring, ugly shots like in Stardust or in Betaville or in other movies we've covered on the show. Like, unlike Alien Intruder, I could see what was happening on screen. I could tell what characters were what. You know, basic, simple filmmaking was done. The audio is where you see, like, the obvious trickeries of the trade. So I feel like, you know, I give them a break, but at the same time, it was such a boring movie, and the film edited in a way where you just notice that they're editing the film so that the film can look better than what it would if they just used proper, like, if they just didn't bother trying to trick us with how bad the audio would have been. They didn't have enough time or resources to make a proper soundscape so everything felt more real. So another disconnect for me was it just felt fake like it just felt like all these disparate elements audios and visuals and and cutting here and there were just all kind of put on top of each other and not melded together like a real film does so again there's nothing to connect to i can't even connect to the somewhat competent filmmaking because it's like yeah the audio is competent in the fact that the audio that they recorded in sound booth sounds all right but put on top of the image it just 
you know it's not real. Huh. It's a good thing for you dweebs. My girlfriend showed up. My girlfriend, my girlfriend, my girlfriend. We have been railing on this film except for Bartek who loves it. Five stars. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> to get back to some positives or some things that we found noteworthy, was there anything? Because I'm really struggling to think if there was anything I genuinely liked about this movie. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, they were trying to some extent. I mean, that yeah, I'll commend like, them. We, they tried. Like, they... I know that the set the we talked about how the first scene, you know, they set up the characters and a lot of those elements didn't really pay off. But I guess throughout the film at least maybe two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, honestly, Moment of silence. I'm, I'm honestly struggling to remember one of them. Alright. Um I'll give you a point. I'll give you a point just to help you out. No, but I haven't finished my oh, okay, right. <laughs> It feels like they were giving them some sort of arc like with the sensitive kid like you know he was upset and then but then yeah they bungle it at some point so they they tried to give them arcs in a yeah way. the basics of storytelling yeah they tried to have characters yeah, but they uh, tried to have development and arcs so they tried but they failed they failed yeah <laughs> and they easily failed like so Very easily much. Reese, anything positive or noteworthy um i have two and only two um, Bartek mentioned the trying part. Uh, that's agreeable. Uh, yeah, I found I found it trying. The yeah. more you repeat it, the sadder it becomes. So, <laughs> you know. No, okay. no, I thought it was I, very sad. I, to I, begin I, <laughs> honestly, I found um, the location, and the locations I found, and the production design, like sort mm. of like what they built for the film, was pretty good. So that means they probably used their budget okay. Well, you say that, Reese, but there was a fence that when you pulled one plank, it all fell apart. And there was no repercussions. Yeah, that was a weird one. They, The person who put the wood plank there would like to stop that wall from falling down, but I didn't know it held up every single other wall. Does that make sense? No. no. <laughs> no. Anyway. Okay, you've actually inspired me with one. Oh, okay. I've inspired you. That's good. Continuity existed. This film, like, when their clothes got dirty, they remained dirty. Like, they didn't have, like, that moment where, hey, mm. their clothes... Well, they even did the basic of they their clothes are wet in one scene. Then the next scene, they're still slightly damp, and you see they get drier. And the continuity of how the day passes, like, it really does feel like this is all taking place in this amount of yeah. hours. Especially it's... on, like, summer where it's longer days. Exactly. Yeah. So they actually did a competent job. It never made me feel like I was stuck and going, wait, 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 isn't this still morning? When they're like, hey, dinner mm. time. Like, that bit was a bit confusing when they're like, oh, what about dinner? And I'm like, yeah. uh, but th but then it made sense. Like, it was just framed a bit weird. It was sounding like dinner was yeah. just going to happen. But no, they were planning ahead. Yep. But they did stuff like that. And there were some very interesting shots, whether they were, whether I give it a point or not, because the interesting shots were funny. Whether they, I don't think they were supposed to be like when we had like the David Lynchian type shots of the younger sister's eyes peering out of mm. their like uh, fort with her glasses and it was very sinister <laughs> and the way that they didn't give us any answers to who that was until very late in the movie late. so i'll give them the basic hook effect of pulp novels in which i was waiting for that reveal i was yeah. i didn't expect it to be a sister we yeah we were joking that it was the teacher of something <laughs> oh, i made that joke because she had glasses yeah. on that was the only other woman in the film that had glasses i remember we all at that point we all had some thoughts on the lawnmower like some of us didn't know what it was i thought it was uh, uh like a buggy i thought it was like a little like 
yeah, a little car that they were going to drive around and be dicks in, but it was a lawnmower. And I've yeah. never seen a lawnmower look like that before. It's like a lawnmower with AI because it kept like turning. It looked like it had a seat in it, like you could sit in it, like Ryan said, but. But it's not a ride on mower. No, it's not. It looked like they were going to be like, oh yeah, my brother's, you know, makeshift little, little car we're going to drive around. That's cool. And I'm like, cool. They're going to do little things and then maybe. It will pay off where they're trying to escape the bully, but oh no, their car gets stuck in the, the swamp land that is their backyard. Like, you know, I was looking for things. I was looking for actions and payoff. That's it. Like, uh, noteworthy things that I found in the movie. We've already kind of brushed over all the funny stuff or yeah, was- remotely funny. There was nothing so bad that I was like, oh, remember that? Other than well, just bungled up payoffs. Do you remember the bully's first scene with the pipe? And- <laughs> yeah, I guess. We have quoted it up a fair bit. Reese, do you want to tell us about the teenage bully and his pipe? We should probably start with the ice cream scene just briefly. Right, so... Oh, yeah, the, since that's the, a payoff the, the to that. Setup, <laughs> yeah. The setup. They hear the ice cream man coming, and it's just like, yeah, they're going to get ice cream. And then... And how do we know they're going to get ice cream? Do they say they, anything? They scream the words, bear with me, ice cream. How many times? I didn't count. How many dozen times? A lot of dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> So they go for the ice cream, and they don't have any money for ice cream. What do you mean? They have the five dollars that the one kid. They has. lost the five dollars. Fuck. When? I don't know. How? I don't know. Where? I, 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 well, we learn later. It's on why? the middle of the road, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so they spot other kids eating ice cream, and Johnny, the brunette, go. Does he throw the rock at him? Like, no. He doesn't throw the rock. He at pretends them. to throw a rock. He pretends to throw a rock, and the kids run away. He gives them like a whole speech about like he hopes that they choke and they. F- freeze and die or something yeah yeah i hope you're no he's like i hope because they're eating ice blocks not ice cream yeah i hope your teeth freeze and then your head freezes and then you die and i'm like <laughs> wow that's a bit brutal dude and then later on the the older brother of one of the kids catches up with the, our three main protagonists and then puts johnny in a drain basically no like, no no. he he makes johnny put himself in the okay drain. johnny Makes himself put in the drain, basically. Or else he'll brush his teeth with his fist. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that was a good one, I have to admit. <laughs> that was a great line. We do like bully characters. So, you he know. reminded of us, he was like the brother of the bully from Big Fat Liar. Yeah, from the beginning of Big Fat Liar. No, 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 no. Later in Big Fat Liar, when he was even dumber. When he was even dumber. Yeah, because yeah. at the start of Big Fat Liar, the whole point was he was really smart. But then he became progressively dumber every time we met the bully. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But in this movie, this bully was really dumb at the beginning. He used the famous line that we've used. Was I talking to you, butt cork? And his thing is, he set up the payoff of, oh, he'll regret this. Like, ooh, what was it the, the kid said? Like, you'll get yours. Well, you'll get yours, yeah. That's because yeah. the kid left the other kid stuck in a pipe to die, basically. Like, let's be honest, that kid probably would have died. Like, stuck in a pipe? On a summer day, that kid would fucking die if his friends weren't there. 
But his friends were there. No, but like, yeah. but the bully doesn't care. Like the bully's like, ah, he's stuck because he doesn't know that they could get him out. They only get him out because one of them has knowledge about his sister getting their head stuck and they grab some oil or whatever and rub it all over. Mm. But the bully didn't know that. The bully's perspective is, oh, he's stuck and he's going to be stuck there forever. Ha ha ha, I'm off. So the bully's set up as someone who could potentially leave someone to be murdered in this kid's film. And so it's like, you'll get yours. So we're expecting as an audience, ooh, a big payoff's going to happen there. Yeah, but also we're wondering like, oh, it, it's a kid's film, so it's going to be something like, you know. Mm, but still, it's like, that's a pretty big, you know, even in kids' films, villains get their big comeuppances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 like, but like something kids are capable of, like, you know, Home Alone traps or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But still, like, ooh, he's going to get some. It's going to be something with a punch that we're going to be like, yeah, big, good one. Big comeuppance. We're expecting it. And, and Bartek, what was it? So the bully comes back right near the end of the film. I think it was like the third last scene and we were like mm. rounding up like, all right, what else do we have to pay off? Um, and there's another like, yeah, back and forth threat. And then the ki- the bully sees that like, oh, his girlfriend is coming. Because so he like, wants their money because they have their $5 note out to get ice cream. He wants it. Yeah, yeah. But he, when he sees his girlfriend, he's like, oh, you guys are lucky. I'm going to leave you alone because my girlfriend's coming. And at this point... Um, the kids just came back with from the get get a horse uh, sequence, which I guess was the climax of the film, and they have <laughs> and they have a huge like super soaker filled with Gatorade, and the the kid that has the super soaker, they got like this close up on his face, and he's saying these like you know, it's time to pay, time to pay like Western parody, and like, he's looking line. down the scope, yeah, of it, which which. By the way, they've shown it, and I, we know Super Soakers. That's not an actual scope he's looking down. He would be looking at plastic. Yeah. So he wouldn't have actually been able to see what he was aiming at. But go. Yep. And it's clear, like, oh, okay, he's going to, like, shoot his crotch and make it look like he wet his pants. So we think. So we think. And, yeah, he does shoot him, like, all around, like, that middle of the body area. Um, but the biggest payoff that we were expecting was, like, oh, the girlfriend's going to come notice that he's wet and, and think, think like, he's oh, peed himself. genuinely think like you wet yourself what a loser go away but the way that it plays out the girlfriend sees the entire thing she knows that he's been sprayed from a super soaker so he runs away like a coward like a coward out of nowhere out of nowhere maybe not like i didn't even know if the film's logic was that like he'd think that she'd think that. No, I think it was like, oh no, Ward is my weakness, I'm the Wicked Witch. It, <laughs> or simply like, oh, someone else is going to see me and think I wet myself. No, no, I don't even think the whole idea of him wetting himself comes into play. I think it's like, they sprayed me with water. Oh, fuck, this is terrible. Covered in water I was. Covered in water I was. <laughs> and then I, the girlfriend just like sees him running away like a cow and be, just shakes her head and walks No, off. she shakes it really disparagingly like, yeah. how fucking dare he? And leaves. And that's supposed to be the big payoff. Yeah, that's to the, the kid that nearly murdered another kid. That's the bully subplot. Uh, so we think the actual ending of his subplot is yeah, the actual the, the the second last shot of the movie, well, second last scene of the movie is just a static shot of him walking down the street, punching his hand in his, you know, just like yes. I'm gonna get those kids, and and that's it. And then we cut to the junkyard guy, and he's riding his bicycle menacingly, going ooh, and we're expecting, oh no, these two bullies yeah. are Basically, gonna converge on our heroes basic yeah the basically the final three confrontations of the film are you know the junkyard with get a horse the 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 super soaker thing with the bully and also uh sister when we mentioned earlier that they buried the the game boy they find out that the sister took it and like she's put it in her like you know dollhouse with her friends and they get revenge on them so we think like okay those are the three you know 
I guess, threats of the film. Yeah. Um, and the film ends with, like, this promise of, like, oh, the three of them are coming to get them again. So, like, you see the bully, like, you know, punching his hand. Uh, the, the guy on the bike. The guy on the bike riding to them. And we get, a like, a cutaway shot. Of back the little girl in the fort. Of the little girls in the fort. They, like, you know, got their stuff. And they're... And the kids, they're lying down. They're, like, reflecting over their adventure. And they have this line of, hey, did we lock the fort? And that gives them this, like, you know, looking at each other thing. Looking at the camera. Looking at the camera, scream, and that's the end. And it's this really bizarre thing of, they've realised that the least threatening thing is probably happening, and there's no further extrapolation of the fact that there's a bully coming to beat them up and the getter horse is riding towards them. See, it would have just worked with it just being the fortress thing, but for some reason they decided we need the other two elements to converge as well mm. when they were already defeated. So, why? I don't, I like, it just adds nothing. It would have just been fine if it was like, wait, did we lock the fortress? And then it cuts to the sister in there and then cuts back and they scream. Easy peasy, done but they make it more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, and it could have even just been a joke of like, oh, the least threatening one is back at it. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's mm. the movie. You guys logged the fort, right? Uh-oh. Ah! Well, I really, 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 really like it. Um, do we want to guess what year this movie came out in? I'm going to say... Can I, can I guess the exact year? That's what we that's want. That's what okay. we want. We don't want you to be like, I think it came out in the 90s, and then that's it. I'm going to say 2003. Ooh, okay. I don't think I can be bold to guess after the 90s, so I'm going to go... 90, 97 or 98. Um, it's Game Boy Color. Yeah, I know. Um, and and they mentioned N sixty four at some point, and I know that that was definitely. Oh, they at least mentioned Smash Bros. Yeah. They mentioned Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um. I'm yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna guess ninety eight. Okay, so I I got it right. Okay. Okay. It's two thousand. Oh. Okay. Why I thought that was I was trying to remember when I had a Game Boy Color, mm. and I was like, mm, Oh, you're right. It was Color, wasn't it? I was like, mm, I think around 2000, 2001 is when I had one. And that's the only reason I got it. was yeah. like, I was trying to recollect I got mine when in, about I had one. I don't know. I had mine in 2002, but I, it was definitely out for a while at that Same. point. So we don't recommend it. No. But I got a fun thing. When you looking a- up this movie, I found a review. <gasps> oh, okay. Oh, wow. This is usually for unappreciated masterpieces, but I thought to liven it up. One star. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one star out of one. Uh, the title the title hooked me and I read about half of it and then I was like I need to read this okay uh, this is a story in itself the title is the only movie playing at Furniture Row what? that's the title <laughs> okay I work at a Furniture Row store and this is the only movie we are supposed to have for the children area DVD player I have not sat down to watch it all the way through in brackets and never will but I have seen and heard it in passing by enough that I can judge it now. Basically, all of it consists of is children screaming loudly, ear-shutteringly loudly. It is as if the camera was given to the kids themselves and they said, you know what would be really funny? A screaming again. 
I always turn down the I always turn the volume off so the show can be seen but not heard. And then in brackets, the company insists we have it on all the time for the kids. Hooey. Of course, a kid always turns it way up, especially if I'm in the vicinity of the TV and have a good customer. I'll be in the I'll be in my presentation and I'll hear this show and the screams travel up my spine, causing me to want to convulse, and then I can't sell anything. I used to just find this show audibly offensive. Now I can't stand the sight of it either. I can only hope that one day every copy of this film will be transferred to the silver nitrate so it will only one day decompose and will forever be rid of this movie. It sounds like George Lucas with the Star Wars Holiday Special <laughs> where he was like, I want, if I had a sledgehammer all the time in the world. I'd like to imagine that he, this uh, the reviewer looks like Get a Horse and that's the reason why the kids <laughs> torment, torment him. So... That was bored silly. Made us very bored silly. Made that guy insane, apparently. What are you talking about? There was a scene where the kids fucking got revenge against girls that were in the pool. With frogs. That was... Oh, no, you're talking about those girls. Sorry. You said revenge. I was like, no, they were were antagonizing them. It wasn't revenge. Revenge against being girls in a world of boys. (laughs) Yucky. We were really worried that we are going to have a girl character join the movie at one point. One of the first characters we see is like a girl in the class. And we thought, ooh, is she going to be a main? And then yeah. no. no. We even follow her, find her bike. And we're like, okay. I actually thought that she, I didn't remember if she had glasses or not, but I thought that she was the one that stole mm, the Game Boy. No, no glasses. But no, there's teacher. a sister. And the sister. So that's uh, Bored Silly. A pleasure finally having it off the <laughs> box list. It's finally done and dusted. It's a pleasure that after this episode is released, I'll never have to think about it ever again. And that's and that's literally and why I said it's good that we had the film picked. You know what's really great about this show, The Mystery Box? If you watch, listen to us in chronological order... You can feel the enthusiasm and joy of watching cinema deteriorate in the <laughs> both of us, Bartek. Like, at the beginning, we were like, Frosty the Snowman, Burt Reynolds doesn't sing. Poor boy, that's really sad. And then, and then it will be like, Tender Loving Care, where you're like, it's not pornography, okay? <laughs> I didn't make us watch another porn film. And then I'll be like, you fucking did, you cunt! I fucking hate you! I and I want you to die! And then this movie's just like, it's the most boring film we've ever watched. And Reese is just like, I think the ocean is not at all One different. One time I said ocean. And I'm laughing, but not at the film. Yeah, exactly. So this is a great documentation for when eventually I commit a murder-suicide on all of us. Like, it'll be like, why? how did Ryan get to that psychological breaking point? And why is Bartek's dead body the- smiling? <laughs> why is he laughing? The next mystery box will be a lot better than Bored Silly. Let's, let's, Don't promise that. I can promise that. Do not that. promise I that. Promise, I already did promise see, it. See, if you did this for the almost two years or whatever, how long we've ever been doing this? Two years? Two years, one month, yeah. Two years, one month that we've been doing this, you wouldn't be in that enthusiastic, dude. <laughs> so, um, you I, know... New... I know there is another sci-fi film in the... <laughs> I love sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's Roborex. Uh, so, new year, new decade, new way of getting out of the room, Bartek. We're but same old us. Same. No, we're different now, because we're bored silly. Not me. <laughs> and uh, we're stuck in a furniture roast, or... <laughs> And the TV's got this cranking you're up. You're stuck in a furniture roast. We are, we are. Oh, we, we are, we are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breeze, you're yeah. part of this podcast. I am dude. part of this podcast. We're one. stuck oh. in a furniture roast store. The kid has cranked up the volume, and we're trying to sell some furniture to a customer, but that, that, that feeling in the spines come up. We need 
someone from this movie to help be our wingman in the sales pitch of some furniture. So we're not leaving the room? No, no, no. We <laughs> will. No, no. We have to make the sale to leave. Oh, so we can go home with money. Exactly. We're doing our work. Right. We're working from nine to five. So it's, you know, we can't leave until we make this sale or else we're not going to be able to eat. Dude, that's going to be really yeah, tough for we'd you. We'd have to go have worms. They, yeah. Remember, wait, can we just briefly put aside? There was a weird shot of this really fat kid jumping into a pool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to be like, you're thinking, oh, there's going to be a gag here. But I guess there wasn't. I think it was just like some there also someone sh- had a kid who was really fat and they wanted that kid to jump in the pool. There were also shots of all the lifeguards and they're all women. And it was like, oh, are they going to like be, you know, stopping the kids doing something? No. But so where Furniture Row, I nominate to help, m- to help me sell better furniture, to help us sell better furniture. I think a wingman that would be really, really perfect for this would be that frog that's on the cover of the poster <laughs> that had a toy in its mouth in one scene. I think you'd be really good. What about you, Bartek? Yeah, well, but on the cover, I believe the toy was red, and in the film, the toy was blue. It so was bluey purple. So can we trust him? I don't know. Mm. But then again, do salespeople lie a lot about like the quality of product? Yes. Not at Furniture Row. Not at Furniture <laughs> Row. Okay, so can, can we really say that the frog is who we want? But who do you think would be good for you? Hmm... Who can you trust? I mean, do we want like a sincere pitch or an aggressive pitch? Well, aggressive. Guy, well, no, no, hold on. The guy in the IMDb review sounded like he was a sincere employee who was just suffering a lot. So, so I think sincere. Okay, because if I don't want to discredit the the honourable reviewer, if we want a sincere pitch, the character that immediately pops to mind is the character that had what I could consider a speech. And that would be the kid who, you know, yelled at the kids eating ice cream. What was their name? Johnny. 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 I Johnny. think it was Johnny. <laughs> Ocean Man says so. Reese. Yes. Who do you nominate? If it was aggressive, I'd say the bully. If it was sincere, I'd say the sensitive kid. I guess I'm outvoted here. Well, I mean, wasn't we, that we the same said, kid? No, I think we all. I think I was the short kid. He was the tall kid. Oh. So I think we're all different minds. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so I think the winner is the redhead kid. Is that my one? No. No, you, you had the, the smaller kid. Okay. You had the brunette, he had the blonde, <laughs> and I had the frog. So by default, we pick the redhead. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in with his lucky star. And, you know, that luck just pays off because... Luckily enough, the TV falls on the kid that was playing it and crushes them like a Teletubby. Um, <laughs> As Teletubbies get crushed, yes. Do, yes. do you not remember that incident? Was that not the Teletubbies where a kid, because the Teletubbies was like, hug, and the kid hugged the TV and it fell on them and killed them? Oh, shit, I didn't know that. That was know. a big thing. Wow. I, I think know. that was Teletubbies, dude. Yeah. So, uh, morbidly upbeat... Uh, a kid dies being crushed to death, and uh, we make the we make the sale. You know what we sold? What did we sell? We sold the mystery box. That piece of fucking <laughs> shit's out of here. Now that sucker's stuck with no, it. No, 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 no. I got an idea. The kid dies. We turn to the customer. Is like, will you honor that kid's life by purchasing that TV? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you gotta chuck in the kid's corpse for free. No, that goes to the graveyard. That goes to the graveyard, yeah. So, thank you very much, listening people, for listening to us discuss, dissect, defend, analyze, and suffer. Deface. (laughs) Dilapidate. 
dilapidate, and of course, masticate, croak like a frog. Uh, the film Depressicate. I guess until next time, listening people, remember. Mm.